Hey, everybody, welcome to another podcast on the blog on alanarnett.com. It is, well, let's see, it is Tuesday, May 2nd, 9.03 a.m. at Everest Base Camp, and I have my dear, dear friend, Garrett Madison, all the way from Nepal Everest Base Camp, standing in the cold and the snow. <laughs> Garrett, how are you doing, man? <laughs> oh, I'm doing well. Thank you. Good morning, Alan. I'm in my happy place here. Everest Base Camp, 17,500 feet, about 20 degrees and snowing lightly. <laughs> 20, well, that's not bad, 27 degrees. <laughs> no, not bad at all. So, yeah, I think this, this, uh, this weather was forecast to come through for a couple of days, right? Yes. Yeah, it's not too bad. Actually, one of our teams left this morning from base camp and oh, okay. went to camp on the second rotation. And uh, Sherpa team's up at camp two. They're working hard carrying loads to the south call. And I'm going to head up tonight with our second wave um, to start the next rotation. So we don't mind a little bit of snow precipitation. Uh, it's actually nice. Keeps us cool. It's better than the, the heat. And also, it seems other teams uh, don't like to climb in the the snow so they usually stay in base camp so we get the route all to ourselves if we're lucky <laughs> well so that's one of the big topics i wanted to touch on uh so there's like 460 some odd uh permits that have been issued this year and i mean the mainstream press is going crazy that there's going to be a repeat of 2019 which we know was primarily due to weather reducing the number of summit days instead of the number of people so give us your thoughts on, is this going to be a crowded season or the operators working together? What do you think is going to happen? Well, we'll see how it plays out. Uh, I think uh, it's anyone's guess at this point. Last season, as you know, with the good weather windows, all the way through the month of May, teams could spread out and choose different uh, summit days. And so there never were any, any crowded times up high on the mountain. Um, We'll see how this may plays out. There are a lot of climbers here in base camp more than ever before. Uh, so base camp feels busy and that there's a lot of tents and a lot of people, but we really haven't seen that many people up on the mountain. And whether that's because teams are doing Lobuche Peak instead of a rotation, or if they're uh, waiting out the bad weather in base camp or uh, waiting to see what happens with the fixed lines, um, that's to be determined. But uh, we really haven't seen a whole lot of activity up high on the mountain in caps one, two or three. So. Uh, hopefully it won't be too crowded. Um, all we can do is get into position, get our acclimatization done, get our oxygen up to camp four and wait for those summit ropes to be put in. And then hopefully get some nice stretches of good weather in the month of May to do our summit attempts. Yeah, I, I, I heard that maybe the first client summits would be sometime around May 8th or 9th. But of course, that's all weather dependent. Any idea when the ropes are going to hit the summit? No, no idea. I say you know generally may 8 or 10 or 12 is the first window depending on when the lines get in and when the weather's good so we'll see yeah i also hear that there's a fair amount of attrition going on uh 20 for some teams yeah it wouldn't be <clears throat> excuse me i wouldn't be surprised um it does seem like there's there's more and more people coming to everest these days and and some for reasons other than climbing the mountain maybe for the base camp amenities um so it does seem like there's a high amount of attrition with some of the the newer operators that are focusing on the the luxury glamping experience here in base camp rather than actually climbing the mountain <laughs> that was uh that that was uh that was well done uh so what you're suggesting is that you don't have a spa and a masseuse at the madison mountaineering base camp <laughs> 
Now, I, you know, I used to think we had the fanciest base camp, but uh, I've definitely seen uh, some bigger and fancier uh, accoutrements here uh, this season. And uh, we're just going to keep focused on what we do, and that's climbing the mountain safely, successfully, and responsibly. And, uh, you know, our focus is definitely on what, what we're doing up high on Everest. Um, we have a comfortable base camp, but we're not, we're not going to pull out all these uh, silly frills and gimmicks to uh, attract people to come and stay in Everest Base Camp. It's just not our thing. Hey, listen, um, one of the things I wanted to ask you about is your philosophy on the rotations. I'm seeing more and more people, more and more teams, like uh, I just talked to somebody yesterday that they, they went up to Camp 2, they spent three nights, they tagged 7,000 meters up close to Camp 3, they came back down, and now they're back in Namchi, and they, they're ready to go. Uh, talk us through what is your philosophy on acclimatization, let me say one more thing. In back in the old days when I did it, you know, we would we went up to Camp One, back down Camp One, then Camp Two, spent a few nights, came back down, back up to Camp Two, to Camp Three, one night, came back down. So we did three rotations before we actually were thought we were ready for the summit, and we spent a night at Camp Three. Talk us through here in 2023. What is Garrett Madison's philosophy on acclimatization and rotations? So we're definitely trying to do two rotations and that's either two rotations up on Everest to camp two, one uh, touching camp three or a Lobache peak rotation and then one long rotation up to camp two and touching camp three. So we've got two groups, um, two different uh, rotation schedules, um, but I, I still think the two rotation schedule is valuable for acclimatization. And you think that spending a night at Camp 3 is just a low return on that investment because it takes so much energy to get up there and spend the night? Oh, we don't sleep at Camp 3 anymore. Um, I stopped doing that back in oh, 2011 or so um, just because we saw that the wear and tear on your body from sleeping at Camp 3 without oxygen is such that uh, it can take you out of the game. So touching Camp 3, coming back down, and then, of course, starting on oxygen from Camp 2 on our summer rotation seems to work really well. And as you remember on K2, we just did one rotation up to uh, Camp 2 and climbed a little bit above um, towards Camp 3. And right. that seems sufficient. I, th I think one solid long rotation is good. Two is better. Um, but it just depends on time frame. And you spend two, you spend two nights at, camp, uh, at the South Cole before you head up? Yes, generally we get up to the South Call, uh, spend the first night there resting, rest the whole next day on oxygen, um, recovering, eating, drinking, resting, uh, sucking oxygen, and then leave that night around midnight or 1 a.m. to go for the summit. And we find that that 24-hour-plus period of recovery time really helps members before going to the summit. And let's talk about, so not only does there now Everest, and combining Everest and Lhotse has become very you know, in, in vogue right now, but now you're, you're upping the game, you're adding Noopsy and I don't have to tell you, but you know, the success rate on Noopsy, I think you experienced it last year is really low because that upper part of the mountain is heavily corniced. Uh, it's, you know, it's just, it's incredibly dangerous, but there are 60 permits that are issued for Noopsy this year. So talk us through your rationale of heading up and trying to get the, the summit of Noopsy. And by the way, Noopsy is just a smidge under 8,000 meters. Right, right. Well, as far as we know, we're the only team trying to climb Noopsy this year. A lot of the Noopsy permits are people that want to stay in Everest Base Camp for the season. So expedition operators that manage the team from base camp don't climb the mountain they need to be on a permit and the noopsy permits the most economical option so i think most of those noopsy permits are 
our, our team leaders or doctors or other folks that are staying in base camp for prolonged periods and want to uh, be uh, legal within the Nepalese uh, regulations here to be at base camp. Um, we did attempt Noopsy last year and got up to the summit ridge and realized the true summit was just a little ways down the ridge. Oh. It was a really steep night edge ridge, so we didn't traverse the ridge to get down there. We didn't have time, but we want to try it again this year. So we have a strategy where we need to go up and turn left to hopefully reach the true summit. Uh, time will tell, but it's a tough climb. It's steep and unrelenting, much like uh, uh, the Abruzzi spur on K2. It just does not let up. Um, so it'll be a fun thing to attempt here on our second rotation. Good acclimatization before going for Everson Lotsey. This will probably be our last time on Noopsy. It's just so much work. Um, but only 22 people have ever been recorded climbing to the top of Noopsy. So if we get up there, it'd be fun. I know our good friend Ellen Miller, and uh, she tried it with uh, with uh, Purbatashi of uh, of Hymax days, and I think Kitten Cool was there, and they got up to I think it was like 10 meters below the summit, and it was just sugar. And I and Ellen told me that Kenton kind of wiggled up there and he reached up and he just kind of put a finger there and he goes, okay, I summited good enough. <laughs> hey, what about, yep. what about Pumori? Yep. What about Pumori? Is anybody attempting Pumori to get to the true summit these days? Yeah, there are uh, some climbers on Pumori this season. Uh, I know Dallas Steven, Asian Trekking has a team. Um, talked to Adrian Hayes the other day. I think he was on K2 the same time we were in 2014. Yeah. Um, so he's, he's back in the mountains and going for Pomori this season. So it'll be interesting to watch them climb. He said the route's looking really tough. There's some steep and overhanging ice up near the summit that looks really challenging. So they're going to have to negotiate that on their way up. And I just saw a, uh, an announcement from the Nepalese government that they had established an office of seven officials at base camp to monitor the crowds and the safety. And if any climbers were fighting, they were going to stop the fight. So have you, have you had tea with uh, any of the government officials thus far? <laughs> yeah. 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 I have uh, talked with some of the liaison officers that have been here for many seasons. And I think it's good that they're, uh, they're keeping an eye on things. You know, one of the uh, new systems they've implemented this season is they're paying Sherpas 500 rupees which is about five dollars a kilogram to bring trash down from camp two and they're paying i don't know 1500 or 2000 rupees per kilogram to bring cash to, uh, trash down from camp uh, four so so they are getting garbage off the mountain which is a really good thing um and they're they're just finding creative ways to do it they put some public toilets up at camp two as well for teams that don't have bag bag systems like us so they're they're trying to make it a better place uh, say just a smidge more on this wag bag so you know wag bag for people that don't know is just a, a blue plastic bag that you poop in and you carry it back down the mountain it's been used on mountains like denali forever but uh it's been for some reason nepali operators and on everest it has been not been used as widely so talk to us about how you encourage your team and the sherpas to use wag bags uh for solid human waste yeah, well, it's just the same as on any other mountain uh, anywhere in the world we'd be climbing, whether it's uh, Vincent, Aconcagua, Rainier, or, or Everest, or K2. Um, we, we feel like we need to bring all of our, our trash and our human waste off the mountain and dispose of it properly. So that means buying these wag bags. They're oh, 2 $3 a piece wholesale in the U.S. And then uh, every individual has a certain number of wag bags they bring on the rotation, and they poop in them and bring them down and dispose of them. And that way we're not leaving a mess up on the mountain. So even though that's not required, um, 
in Nepal here, it's just required to have uh, waste management in base camp, not above base camp. So essentially you can poop anywhere up on the mountain. Um, we still feel compelled to use the wag bags and to be responsible in that sense. And hopefully other teams will follow. Good, good for you. Good for you, Van. And, and just to be clear, an individual climber, they have to carry their own human waste back down in their pack. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes uh, if we have a large wag bag accumulation up at Camp 1 or Camp 2, one of our Sherpas will be generous enough to collect all of them into a large trash sack and put it in his backpack and we'll tip him a hundred bucks to carry it down. <laughs> I think he deserves 200 bucks for that. All right. Listen, man, I, I, I really appreciate your time. I know that it's, you know, like you said, it's 27 degrees of snow out there. Uh, you're sitting at 17,500 feet. And so you said you had a group that headed up this morning and, um, Oh, how, one last question. How are you finding the ice fall? Um, I was told, and I, I don't know if I could verify this or not, that it's a securitist route. So, it's nine uh, miles long. Is that true? It does feel a little bit longer and a little windier than usual. Um, but despite the uh, accident at the beginning of the season, it actually seems in pretty good shape. And the Sherpa team feels really good about it, how it normally is. So we're happy with it. And we're just trying to get through it swiftly and efficiently um, to get up there and acclimatize and do our rotations. Okay. And you're using Everest Link for this Zoom? Uh, this is actually uh, Airlink, one of the, the competitors to Everest Link. Ah, but same okay. system. I didn't, I didn't hear that. Okay, good. All right, Garrett, my friend, listen, my best to you personally and to all the Sherpas, um, all the, all the clients that you got. And, and if you happen to see Kami Sherpa, give him a big hug for me. All right. Will do. Thanks so much, Alan. Take care. All right. Take care. Bye-bye.